Acts is the narrative of the birth of the church. The story of Acts begins in Jerusalem with the day of Pentecost and ends in Rome with Paul arriving in the eternal city to teach. It is the story of how a small Jewish sect became a multicultural religion. And this reading, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, is one such story. The title of this book, The Acts of the Apostles, might be a bit of a misnomer. For as one reads the stories within, daring prison escapes, heated theological debates, strange dreams, and inspiring sermons, it becomes clear that the main actor in Acts is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit moves and pushes the people within these stories to spread the love of Jesus Christ, even when they may not understand the road that the Spirit is leading them on. And the story of Acts does not end, not really. It is, it is a story that is ongoing, a book with endless chapters. For as we hear what the Spirit said to Philip so long ago, we read what the Spirit is saying to us today. A reading from the book of Acts. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go up and go towards the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, Do you understand what you are reading? He replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before the shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak, and starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I think it's difficult to imagine a wilderness road when we live in a place like Chicagoland. The wilderness road in this story is sometimes translated from the original Greek as a desert road. But what the author of Acts meant is that it's a deserted road, uninhabited. It's rare to see other people along this road. Now, I come from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and so I can relate to this concept of a wilderness road a lot. Um, I remember in my childhood, like, US2, United States Highway, people stopping in the middle of the road, leaning out of their windows to talk with each other because there's no other cars behind them, so they can just do that, and it's fine. Um, another thing that I just really recalls to my mind, I was going to a graduation party, and I was in this kind of deserted road, in this dirt road, and I was held up for about 30 minutes by a moose. And there was no one else on the road, just me and this moose. And I wasn't about to honk my horn at this 500-pound animal. Um, so I just waited and waited. And it was just me and this animal. And eventually it got off the road so I could actually get to my party. Um, so really, I feel like the entire Upper Peninsula of Michigan is just one big wilderness road. <laughs> now, I've not been to Jerusalem or Gaza, where Philip and the eunuch met, but I imagine it to be along the same lines, isolated, rural, desolate. But an angel of the Lord told Philip to go down that road. Again, the translation here is unclear. Philip may have been told to go down south on that road, or he may have been told to leave at noon. Greek is a weird language like that in terms of its translations. But either way, at a certain time and at a certain moment, the Spirit moved so that these two men would meet. Did Philip see a purpose? as he wandered along that uninhabited path? Or did he feel like he was simply in the wilderness, walking down a road, to be sure, but not being led upon any path? Perhaps Philip had never gone down that road to Gaza before, but the eunuch may have traveled that road many a time. The eunuch was what we call in scriptures a God-fearer, he was a pagan who appreciated and practiced the rules and rituals of the Jewish faith. He traveled to Jerusalem to worship, and he read the sacred texts of that faith. But the eunuch, however zealously he followed the laws of the God of Israel, would be pushed to the margins of the Jewish religion. In Deuteronomy and Leviticus, it's explicitly stated that someone who is castrated cannot enter into the covenant of Israel. And at that time, they could not even enter into the temple at all. 
in Isaiah, the promise of eunuchs joining the faith is expressed, but it's unclear if that's actually what was happening in Isaiah's day, or if it's just the prophet's hope for the future. Now, from a worldly point of view, the eunuch had a pretty good life. He had a good job, he was in charge of this entire treasury, he had a chariot for traveling so that his feet wouldn't feel the dust as he traveled along this wilderness road. But he remained on the edges of what was tolerable in the Jewish religion. He would be seen as an outsider, not just because he was a eunuch, but because he lived on the margins of the world in Ethiopia, far away from the center of the Jewish faith. But the eunuch longed for belonging as he traveled to Jerusalem. He traveled this road perhaps many a time, longing for guidance. He knew how to read the scriptures, but without a teacher, he had no chance of interpreting them. That is why the gift of Bibles that we had today is so important, why that matters so much. I mean, honestly, it's not as if the fourth graders have never seen a Bible before. You can go online and find the Bible in any translation and in any language, even fictional ones. Star Trek fans might be excited to learn that there is a copy of the Bible in Klingon if they choose or know how to read it. Um, which I do not, despite being a Star Trek fan. Um, but, but the Bibles that are given today are so important because they contain that promise of guidance. In this church, we have promised to make sure that no one is left on the margins, to have no one longing for teaching. And on that day, in that chance, or spiritful encounter on the wilderness road, the eunuch received that guidance he longed for. Those words from Isaiah that speak of suffering and rejection are transformed into newness of life through the gospel message of Jesus Christ. No longer is the eunuch on the margins. Instead, he is getting the good news personally and powerfully as those two men traveled along that wilderness road. Perhaps the eunuch passed that body of water often as he traveled up into Jerusalem. But, at, but that day, as he rode with Philip, water took on new meaning. That day, the water did not only offer the promise of quenching a thirsty throat, but the promise of new and abundant life in the Spirit. And here, the eunuch asks a question. What is to prevent me from being baptized? Is there fear in this question? Is there fear that after having heard all this good news of Jesus Christ, is there fear of rejection? 
just as he was rejected from a full relationship with the God of Israel, is he to be rejected from the gospel of Jesus? Is the eunuch waiting to hear what will prevent him from being baptized? For Philip to push back, to give him a reason that he can't fully enter into this new life promised by Christ? For Philip to say, well, you're a eunuch. Well, you're Ethiopian. We don't baptize those people. This past week, I attended a candidacy retreat. I needed to do it as a part of my ordination track. And when I was there, we had a session on difficult situations that you might encounter when you're a pastor. And one of them was simply this. Two men approach you asking to be married. And the discussion around it focused on how to avoid getting sued when you say no to these men. And as someone who is a member of the LGBTQ community, I felt like the eunuch. I felt isolated. I felt hurt. I was angry. And I didn't know if there was a place for me. But as the eunuch learned, and as I know, exclusion is not the good news. That is not the way of our Lord. The water pours abundantly over the eunuch and over us as well, over me as well. <laughs> and Philip is able to show the eunuch one more sign of God's overwhelming grace. And then the story ends. The Spirit brought these men together for a short time, and now it's over. They're separated. This is my last sermon in this congregation. The Spirit brought us together for a short time, and I'm going to miss my time here a lot. But I'm going to take some advice from the eunuch. After this fateful encounter with Philip, after this moment guided by the Holy Spirit, after rejection turned into inclusion, where the good news was not just something he read about, but something he experienced firsthand, the eunuch doesn't mourn the loss of his guide, no. He goes on his way rejoicing. And so will I, rejoicing for all that I've learned here. And like Philip, you all will continue to teach and guide others who come along your path, making this wilderness road of faith well-traveled to the glory of God.
Thank you.